This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that, you know? Mm hmm. And um, there's a penalty for that? Yeah. Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that, and mm-hmm. for hook like this, mm-hmm. and uh, for spear, you know, like that, mm-hmm. all bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get free. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. This is a drop podcast, and as always, I am your host, Lance Descott. We've got a special episode today. I've been trying to get with a lot of the podcasts of the teams the Blues have been playing. Some of them have been very responsive, uh, such as the Ducks and Pucks podcast with Mike Walters, and another one I was able to get a hold of to schedule a discussion about the Blues and the Wild game coming up. That would be Jills and the goalie, and I've got Jills Farrell on the line with me to talk about the Blues' upcoming game against the Wild and how the Wild have been doing this year. Jills, welcome to the drop. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. That's great to have you. I would say Anaheim and you guys and the Blues have had so many injuries this year, and the Blues had them at the beginning of the year and before the season even started. Yourself and the Ducks have had them throughout the season so far, and it's not been an easy task for you guys to replace some of these guys. You've got players that are still out. You've It's it's crazy. Zach Parise is, is still out. He had a micro-dissectomy surgery. I don't even know what that is, but Burgeon's been out, Ferraro's been out, Niederreiter, Coyle, Felino. Grand, uh, Grandland, and when you have guys of these of these caliber out, it's hard to shuffle your lines and be able to be competitive night in night out. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely accurate. The Wild have have really struggled all year to stay healthy, and they got pretty close to to healthy here in the last couple of weeks. But now Jared Spurgeon is is out again, and you know Zach Parise still out. With he said that uh, micro dissectomy surgery, which is uh, not something I thought I'd be looking up this year. Um, and really, it just it just feels like the, the team has really yet to, to gel uh, because they got all these injuries. And you know, when you're calling up guys from Iowa who aren't otherwise on the team, you know, you're, you're kind of playing from behind the eight ball. And you know, up until the last couple of weeks, you know, the Wild had all these problems. And then, you know, really, I kind of looked at the last couple of weeks with a whole lineup intact of them just kind of going through, you know, the struggles that you would normally see from a team in October where everybody's just trying to feel each other out. And now if they're going to run into another, you know, run of injuries, starting with Spurgeon here in the last week, then, you know, that's going to create a whole mess of problems again for Minnesota. And right now they really just can't afford that as they're, you know, still just struggling to hold on to a playoff spot at this yeah, point. You have to have cohesiveness. You you start, even when a coach starts messing with lines, when guys have played together for a while, and even though they've been on the same team, that's, that's even hard. But when you've got guys 
in and out of the lineup. The timing gets off. The other guys don't know where the other guys are going to be. And you guys, actually, for the last couple of weeks, off and on, you played some pretty good games. You beat the Flyers three to nothing. You beat the Predators, who are one of the hotter teams in the league. You played pretty good against the Capitals, but they had you. And then you ran into the Devils and had a hard luck overtime loss. But you beat Buffalo, and you know you've played good off and on. And I've watched a few of the Wild game this this year. I don't have time to watch all all, all of them, but I do tend to record some games with other Western Conference and, and Central Division foes. And there's been games where the Wild have looked really good, even with the injuries. And there's other games where it just doesn't look like guys are in sync. The game against the Blues last Saturday, it didn't look like the guys wanted to play. And I know that that uh, Bruce Bur- Bruce Bordeaux is not the kind of coach to put up with that. He doesn't normally uh, put up with that kind of play very much. And they were able to come back and score a couple goals in the third period. And I thought they had a pretty good third period. Then they come back on the 27th and lay a big egg in Winnipeg. That was a, a bad game. You know, you end up giving uh, Dubnik the rest that he probably needed. And you lose that game bad. But then you come back and you play a great game against the Knights. It's it's just been up and down for you. Yeah, that has been really Minnesota's thing this year and really in this kind of era of the Jack Parisi and Ryan Suter uh, run, you know, Minnesota has had problems with, you know, when they, when they show up to play, you know, they can play with the best in the league. And, you know, then you have nights, like you said, on Monday where they just look like, you know, they don't belong on the ice. You know, their AHL team could, could give them a run for their money if, you know, that team showed up and, you know, it's definitely been more maddening this year considering the start. And, you know, you mentioned that game against Nashville where Minnesota was able to, you know, turn a two-goal deficit in the third period into a, a two-goal victory. And Nashville is, you know, one of the best in the league. And, you know, on a, on a night when Minnesota comes to play, you know, yeah, they can still play with the best. It's Right now it's just getting them to, you know, do that on a consistent basis. And that has been you know, besides the injuries, one of their biggest downfalls this year. Yeah, it it has been. And like you said, I watched that third period in that Nashville game and they made Nashville look pretty bad. There was so much pressure that you guys put on them. You've got Dubnik, his last five games, he's allowed 20 goals. His save percentage is uh, 874 and he's not been great the last five games, but he played pretty good against the Knights. Well, before that uh, um, run of five games, Devin Dubnik had three straight shutouts, and it kind of looked yeah. like he was starting to come back to form and be the goalie that Minnesota's known to love him for. And but really, since he's he's been a mess, and you know, going into that game against Winnipeg on Monday, you know, Alex Stalak got the start for Minnesota, and you know, he has received very high praise from Bruce Boudreau this year, and. You know, it was kind of a debate on as to who should have started that night between Stalock and Dubnik, and Boudreaux went with Stalock, and, you know, the Wild really put in their most abysmal effort in, in recent memory uh, in front of Stalock, so that, that outcome wasn't very indicative of Stalock, who's been very good, and and then you got Dubnik, who's, you know, kind of struggled, and, you know, you mentioned Thursday night against the Golden Knights, he, he looked a little bit more sharp, a little bit more to form, you know, not uh, not the greatest for, for my liking, but, you know, still did very well enough to, to get Minnesota a win, especially a couple big saves there in the third period. Uh, getting to a recent uh, claim by the, the Wild, and I, I'd kind of like to get your input on this. 
they did the press release about how they got Nate Prosser off of the uh, off of waivers, and they're excited to have him back, and he's part of the team. And I, I think Nate's a, a good guy to have in the locker room. But is Nate Prosser really going to solve your issues that you guys have on that third or fourth line? That's exactly what I've been thinking here in the last 24 <laughs> hours since Prosser was claimed. And, you know, this is now his third different stint with the Wild. And, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, great guy sure. by all accords. And he's certainly, uh, certainly a good guy to have in the room and, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him when you put him in on the third pair, but you know, no, he's not going to solve their problems. He's not going to make the defense instantly play better. He's not going to make the forwards back check better. You know, it, it just, there's a lot of problems that Minnesota has had and, you know, yeah, swapping him out with Kyle Quincy probably is, you know, still an upgrade considering how terrible Kyle Quincy Mm -hmm. was, but there's a lot of other factors Mm -hmm. that, you know, Minnesota needs to clean up in their game right now. And, you know, Nate Prosser isn't going to solve them all. And, you know, again, great to have a, a Minnesota guy back in the, in the lineup, but you know, they're not gonna, they're not going to fix all their problems. Yeah. And thanks for bringing up Quincy. I was going to talk to you about him. I've always thought through his career that, you know, he's been an average at best guy. And if would they sign him the first or second day of free agency, they were all hot for him. They got him, said he was going to solve a lot of their issues. And he's just been rather disappointing. He gets out of position a lot. And I don't know if you've noticed that, but he is really getting out of position. And not that he's, the, like I said, the greatest uh, defenseman around, but he's been getting out of position a lot, and that's hurt hurt the Wild. Right in the first couple hours of July 1st, Minnesota signed Quincy and it really raised some eyebrows, but you know, we're just kind of like, okay, he's going to be a third pair guy and, and whatnot. But then you see a guy like Cody friends and who's now on the top pair of the Blackhawks, you know, sign a, a PTO just before training camp starts. And you kind of wonder what made Minnesota so quick to, to jump at him. And, you know, really he, he had a few good games in the beginning, but really it just spiraled all downhill and, Monday against Winnipeg really was just the, the final straw with him as, you know, out, quite a few of the goals Winnipeg scored. He was just, he was not doing his job. And and then he just started a kind of a meaningless brawl later in the game. So that was, that was really it for him. And, you know, Chuck Fletcher said the next day when he waved him that, you know, this kind of paves the way for some of their younger guys to, to get in the lineup you still kind of wonder like, so what was the purpose of ever bringing Quincy and especially on a $1.25 million contract? Yeah, that's, I, I thought that was a little too much. I thought, you know, he's like you said, a third, fourth line guy, maybe worth eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars And they really overpaid for him. Uh, getting back to your, your normal lineup with all the stars you have, I mean, you've got some great guys in your lineup. Granlin, Stahl's having another big year, but Eric always has a good year. Zucker's having a great year. Koivu's always having a good year. You guys have some great stars. Does it seem like some of these guys maybe are just getting tired of playing with each other? Because I I noticed in overtime, three on three, there was an issue of them getting off the ice. It's like either the guys didn't want to come off the ice and they got tired or they didn't trust the guys coming onto the ice. Uh, what did you see in that when that happened? 
this has been kind of a big problem for Minnesota really since three on three overtime has started, you know, that, that was with Mike Gill yeah. and he can probably attest to this, that, you know, the, the Koivus, the suitors, the Parisis, uh, don't get off the ice in a timely fashion in overtime. And when it's so run and gun, you've got, you know, tired guys on the ice and then, you know, you've got a fresh team coming at you and yeah, that's going to lead to, to a goal against and Minnesota is a league worst five and 17, I believe since three on three overtime has started in that extra, extra period. And, you know, that, that has been their problem. And that was the cause on against New Jersey and Koivu and Suter didn't get off the ice. And as I kind of pondered on my last podcast, you know, I, I wonder if there's just a, a trust issue with those guys, you know, they don't trust the guys behind them and, you don't like to ask those questions, but at this point, when you have the same recurring problem, it's something you, you starts to creep into your head. Yeah, it, the last year before uh, Mike Yo took over, the Blues had an issue with too many men on the ice, and it was that way a lot of times with Ken Hitchcock. And I never did understand. You know, it's it's got to be pretty simple. It's like you said, you got three on three. Some of these guys are a little bit older. Ryan Suter's not the youngest man in the world. You would think he'd want to get off the ice, get some fresh people on there. And when you don't trust your players and it's showing up then, it's got to be showing up in other parts of the game too, besides just overtime. Yeah, and, you know, Koivu and Suter haven't exactly had the the best year by their standards. They're still doing uh, reasonably well, but, you know, these guys are also on the, the wrong age of, or the wrong side of 30. So they're not uh, they're not getting any younger, and as we're seeing, you know, time and time again in the NHL, it's becoming more and more a young man's league. And you know, unless you're Yarmir Yager and you're just seemingly timeless, that's <laughs> you know, age is going to catch up with you at some point. Yeah, I was interviewing some someone, and I had made the comment that Yarmir Yager's so old. I saw a picture of him standing next to Abraham Lincoln at the Gettysburg Address. It seems like <laughs> it seems like he's been around forever, but. You know, he's not the player he used to be. He's he's not, but he can still give you 10, 15 goals, 25, 30 assists. But I don't know. He must just love the game to keep playing. you got to love the game to to play that long. But uh, getting back to the Wild, they started out really slow against the Blues last week, and I think you're going to see a very similar game that we had last Saturday. Yeah, and it's been a very recurring thing for Minnesota to, to fall behind in a game this season, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can't imagine their record is overly great when they, they give up the first goal. And, you know, really it kind of reminds me of the, the playoffs last year. If, you know, Minnesota gets out to a fast start and they can't score, then that's going to favor St. Louis. And I'm sure the Wild are going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder uh, in the game Saturday night, seeing, you know, the result of last Saturday's game. So I would expect Minnesota to come out with a little bit of jump and, you know, if they can get one in quickly, then that might favor them. But, you know, really it's giving a full 60-minute effort, as Bruce Boudreau has said time and time again this year, something this team hasn't done. And, you know, the second period really has burned Minnesota so many times this year where they've just been very inconsistent. And even when they get leads, they give them up in the second period. So, Really, the key for the Wild going into this one is, you know, play a full 60 and, you know, hope you can find a way to beat Jake Allen this time. Yeah, and even, you know, even as successful as the Blues have been, there have been games that they've won where they didn't show up in a full period. 
You know, the, the second period, they didn't show up. The third period, they didn't show up. Or the first period, there's been probably, out of their 30-some-odd games, I would say 22 of them to where they played most of the game and played strong. The rest of them, they tend to have that one period or that 10 minutes that really hurts them. And with a team like the Wild and the talent they do have, the Blues can't do that. And going back to last year's playoffs, you know, I, I Blues fans are probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but a bounce here and a bounce there, and the Wild could have won that series very easily. It could have been, It could have been just the opposite. But the Blues got the bounces. Jake Allen's made the saves when he needed to, and Dubnik just wasn't able to. And that that was basically the the sentiment from just about everyone up here was, you know, just that few bounces here and there, and you know, the series could have been the the complete opposite. But you know, as uh, most people up here will tell you, that's just Minnesota sports luck. We we seem to find new ways to uh, to let winnable things slip away. So. I wish the Wild the best, except when they're playing the Blues. And I want to thank you for joining me, Giles. And you want to tell everybody where they can find uh, your and Ben's podcast? Yeah. Um, so Ben and I, uh, Ben Remington, co-host a podcast with him called Giles and the Goalie. Um, that's pretty much on uh, any kind of platform now that uh, you kind of listen to podcasts to. Um, but uh, obviously the big one being iTunes. Um, so just search uh Giles, G-I-L-E-S, and the goalie. Um, otherwise, uh, you can find uh, our podcast on Twitter as well at G-A-T-G Wild Podcast. And then uh, Ben and I also do write for a website called Zone Coverage, uh, zonecoverage.com slash wild. Maybe next time Ben can come on the show and uh, talk about uh, games coming up because I'm sure the Blues are probably going to end up meeting the Wild in the playoffs. So I'm sure we'll talk again either during the regular season or during the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. No, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lansd at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.